What's going on, everybody? This is Aaron. I'm here with Chaz, trying not to laugh. Come on, man. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> what in the world? Every time. Uh, I have no idea why. It's, it's okay. It just gets me. It's just part of it. I'm not mad about it. How you doing, man? You having a great day? Oh, man, so far, so good, man. So far, so good. How's everything on your end? Um, It's going pretty good, apart from this uh, dentist issue I was just telling you about with my daughter. Yeah, um, yeah it's busy. I've been up trying to get ready for this, uh, doing some some notes for the... I got a meeting coming up here shortly that I've got to get to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going pretty good. No complaints. Good, good, good. Although I did almost ruin everything on my desk this morning. Um, so I got one of these, these waters, the Pellegrino waters. Oh. I got one from the back of the fridge and I guess it was frozen. Mm-hmm. So I open it up right here on the desk and it starts like fizzing out of the top mm-hmm. and it's like leaking everywhere. And I'm like, Oh no. So I pick it up and I had a towel nearby, uh, from the dog, which I don't usually put on my desk, but I wiped it up mm-hmm. and so I wipe it up. And I'm like, Oh, whew, that was close. And I guess the top had frozen over in that time, and it's just building up pressure, and the mm-hmm. whole thing just exploded. It Whoa. just shot It shot out like a geyser. Got all over my stuff. Got all over the iPad. Didn't get on any hard drives or either the computers. Man, you're lucky that ain't got um, no sugar in it. You I know, because then everything will be sticky. Yep. But I'm good. Yep. Everything's been dried up. Seems good to go. I mean, you should have known that you're French. Nah. You know so that's, that's funny you said that. Um, because me and my uh, my sister did our ancestry. Um, yeah. She paid for it because I ain't trying to pay for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we went through it all. Um, and I'm not French. My eighth great-grandfather. Irish. Nah. Came from Oxfordshire, England. And he came to America in like 16-something. I don't know. 17-something. I don't, I don't know all the dates for America. So stuff. you're a- so you're a lord. No. So he came over, and this is the story uh, that is told. I don't know how, how much truth there is in it, um, but we do have, like, the ancestry records of marriage and stuff. Um, he came to America and married a Native American woman. Um, her name was Mary Uncas. Uncas? I don't know yeah. how to really pronounce it. Um, and then, as the story is told, he sailed back to England with her. Um mm. And that was not taken very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like, from what they say, that he was kind of like black sheep from the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they pretty much chased him back to America, mm. where, where they came and then started having children, which is where I come in. I mean, where not directly. They, where, did they, where did they go back to? Do you know? Uh, they went to somewhere Boston. in Connecticut, oh. um, back, I think, where she was from. And then... <laughs> They eventually moved to North Carolina, not them, but like through their children. They the moved to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, which is not where I'm from. Yeah. They moved like 10 miles from where I live now. Yeah. It's crazy, then, right? It is crazy. And then they moved to Kentucky, which is where my great grandfather, my grandfather, and my dad was born. Yeah. Um, it's just weird. It's a weird lineage, you know? And then you ended up back. And I ended up back right here. Like I could drive there right now where they lived. I mean, the building's even, not there, but... You, you want to know what's even crazier? What? So, as you know, a lot of um, 
slaves were undocumented, right? Right. So I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I got back to um um 17 something or early 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. And my it's like my eighth generation sixth seventh eighth generation on my mom's side because i you know i grew up with my mom i Mm -hmm. I grew up with my father so i knew family members on my mom's side so that's how i just started tracing stuff and um it's crazy that you said that because so a lot of my childhood so i was born and raised in raleigh but then i moved to goldsboro and Mm -hmm. when i was in the, the fifth grade fifth grade going into sixth grade so goldsboro is next to a little town called pikeville and right another, another town called fremont right mm-hmm. these are right next door literally like 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 greensboro to you okay right super close so all the way back that far back you can see the plots of land when they did, or when they went around and did the census thing. Mm-hmm. Certain ones, you can see the plot of land where they did the, the census at, right? Mm-hmm. It was in Fremont. I'm like, yo, literally, you know, seven generations later. That's crazy. We literally, like, I want to say it might be 15 miles. 15 miles is the distance from Fremont to Goldsboro. Mm-hmm. That's how far, like, you know, home is home. Like anytime, like I've literally traveled, I've literally gone to every continent except for two. Hey, um, I've only been to one, this one. So, like, I don't even know how many states, but North Carolina, it it just feels like home. Like, it's, it's, it's really... It really feels like home. Does it? I hate North Carolina. I can't stand it. Man, I love North Carolina. Everywhere I go, I compare to North Carolina. I'm like, no, I can't move here. The only place worse than North Carolina is South Carolina. (laughs) I agree. I'm not a fan. It's like as soon as you cross the state line, like the roads are worse, the grass is ugly, trees are dying. Where would you you ideally want to move? If you can move anywhere. I don't have an ideal place, man. Just not here. I don't know why it is. I, it's not really North Carolina per se. It's just where I'm at. Your city. Yeah, like when we came here uh, at the beginning of high school with, with you know with my parents. It's just I didn't like it then, and I think it yeah. just carried over to me still not liking it. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. Here I am. Still I get here. it. In due time. Yeah, in due time. It's only been what twenty years now. <laughs> Uh, cool. So today, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in uh, and for our quick ancestry talk. It is cool, though, that, you know, we have these these little bits of information. And I don't know what happened. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it. John Atwell, uh, the one who came over and married uh, the Native American lady, Mary, uh, there's no more links on his side. There's one more link on Mary's side. Uh, her mother was Sanganosk Dark Star. I don't know if I'm saying that right, so if that's offensive, I apologize. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the line, as far as anybody can tell. 
Mm. I don't know. Mm. But today, we're going to do a quick episode because uh, we don't have a whole ton of time. Uh, we are going to look at uh, episode, well, I guess it's like part A of what's in the bag. Um, so today we're going to go through what's in my bag. Uh, and then on a future date, probably next Wednesday, we're going to go through what's in Chaz's bag. Is that right? That's it, brother. All right. Well, uh, all that's in my bag is my cell phone. And that's what I film with. Eh. <laughs> I actually have my bag here. I thought it would be helpful to to have it right beside me as I go through it. Yeah. Um, and I'll start with what everybody wants to know. You know, everybody, everybody's always about the main thing. Um, what kind of bag do you carry? Uh, the bag is, <laughs> it's a five eleven. I think it's a, like a police duty bag, but I got it because it was big. It's big and it's got hard like sides, but soft inside. Um, and it was cheap and it's got sections. So mm-hmm. that's why I got it. So number one thing that I always have is this ND filter. That's the, that's not the number one thing, Chaz. Absolutely. You gotta <laughs> have that. I only use it sometimes. I don't use it all the time. Uh, so in the bag, this is my main camera these days. Uh, this is a Panasonic GH5. Um, attached to it right now, I have the Zongi Medicon Speedmaster T1.0 50 millimeter, mm-hmm. uh, which it's not focusing. There you go. There's a little mm, bit of focus. Fancy. It's a fun lens. I like that a lot. So that's my A camera. Um, and if I'm filming a wedding, that's pretty much what you'll see me with right there all day. Um, but if I'm filming something else, I do rig it up a little bit. Um, and to that rig, I have my matte box. Ooh. This is a small rig matte box, which I like a lot. It's lightweight, um, but also has the drop-in filter spots. And then if I'm filming some social media content, I got the handle. So the handle, I don't like to film vertically. I think me and Chaz are both on the same page. We don't like vertical video. Both it just, vertical. It, it cuts off too much of the landscape, you know? Yeah. Too much information is, is cut in vertical. But this, I attach here so you can hold it vertically. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice to have that extra grip. Um, B camera. So I, if I'm doing my own wedding, I usually just do two cameras. I'll sometimes do three with a safety camera, but I only keep two in the main bag. Um, and I'm still using this ancient, uh, it's not, there it is. It's a GX85 Panasonic and attached to it is a 17 millimeter Medicon Speedmaster, um, which translates about into a 35, <clears throat> but I like that. And then if you're rigging up, I use, so Chaz turned me on to these. Um, I don't really know how to say the name, but it's this this five-inch monitor here. It's like mm-hmm. OC, OC, 4K. Uh, it's a super dope monitor. I like that it has the two battery slots because I have NPF batteries and the Canon batteries um, that you can switch back and forth. It's HDMI. Super great monitor, right? You like yours, right? don't you? I love it. Yeah, and it's it's bright enough. You could use it outside. Um, and I like the way they have the different profiles set up. And it's got, you know, focus peaking, false color. It's got everything you need. It's cheap. 
It's cheap. That's the number one thing. It's like a couple years ago, I would never imagine using a monitor this cheap and thinking it would be good. Mm -hmm. But it it works really well. Um, next, I've got a little mic. Uh, this is this is a video mic go to. Mm -hmm. And I got it because I have a Best Buy Elite Plus membership, and mm -hmm. I get a lot of, what do they call it? Not points. It's like, my, I spend too much money at Best Buy pretty much, so they give me awards. Yeah. Um. So that's why I got that. Uh, I wanted a new one, and I could get it with my Best Buy points. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I got my audio bag, which I'm going to put to the side. We got this top handle, which is a U-Rig top handle. I don't know. I just got it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't love it, though. If you're looking for a top handle, don't get this one. Mm -hmm. Two reasons. You see the design of it, how it's like the mount is right here where my fingers are. Mm -hmm. And then it's got, if you're listening, this might not be interesting, but if you're watching, it is. It's got a mount where like the it goes into the hot shoe, but then it comes forward and then also backwards. So, like, if it's sitting like this, I can't put my eye to the viewfinder. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, usually it would be like this. So I could turn it around if I wanted to use the viewfinder. Right. But even if I turn it around, I still can't use the viewfinder. Right. And they also have the this little uh, tightening screw. But it you can't tighten it down all the way because I, I don't have a Phillips head that fits in here. Like, at mm -hmm. this weird short angle. Mm -hmm. So I hate that top handle. All right, next up, we, of course, got the Rocket Air. Mm -hmm. That's the Rocket Air for you. Um, this is a little zoom lens I use for safety camera and the ceremony. Um, I've also used it on interviews before. I don't use it as much on interviews, um, but it's a 45 to 150. Mm -hmm. And so for people who don't know, on the Micro Four Thirds system with the GH5 or the GX85, um, it's got a 2x crop from whatever the millimeter is. So unless you're using a speed booster, which I also have over here, um, the 45 to 150 becomes like a 90 to 300. Uh, so for a ceremony, I can really get a lot of range putting that joker way far in the back, which I like to do. Uh, next up, we've got, this is kind of like an old faithful lens. I don't use it a ton, uh, but... It's one of those that you just know well, and you can kind of come back to it if you need to. Uh, it's the Canon Nifty Fifty, mm, like the can't go wrong. the most you know the basic one. It's like mm -hmm. the most basic one, and I've got it on the the speed booster here. I don't know why my junk's not focusing here. There we go. Focus, focus, focus. It's there a Canon. That's why. All right, chill out, chill out. That is that is a Canon though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's on the Viltrox speed booster. Um. So it gets down to like 50 millimeter 1.3. Uh, I think it's after all the conversions, it's like a 71 millimeter on this setup. Mm -hmm. But I like that. I film, I film with that lens uh, sometimes. So this right here, the main camera with the 50, that's what I film. Like if you go to my website, the first two weddings listed there, they're both filmed solely with that camera and lens. Um, I don't know that I have any shots in either of them that weren't with that setup. I might have one, but 
I can't think of it. Um, then we've got. I always carry this one just because it's a nice, nice little trusty lens. Uh, I carry it in case something breaks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always thinking like if I accidentally drop my camera, or maybe a guest knocks it over, or something happens like that. I like to have a backup. This little 25 1.7 prime lens. Um, it's a good backup. It's not the brightest lens, but it's sharp and and has some good qualities to it. So I like to have that in the bag just in case, you know, things go haywire. Mm -hmm. uh, I got step-up rings. Those are for filters, for, depending on which lens I'm using. Let's see what else we got. What else we got, Chaz? Everything. Everything. No, that's pretty much it. Um, I also carry, um, of course, the cords. I like to plug in the, the mic and the HDMI cord for the monitor. Mm -hmm. um, and then my audio bag, which I'm... Sorry, I had to reach to the other desk. My audio bag doesn't have a lot of stuff in it. You know, I'm not like Chaz. Chaz has all that pro audio gear. Um, I, of course, I always come with mic sleeves. I always have two of those. Don't bring just one because somebody will take them. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. I've, you know, DJs like new stuff. No, let me stop playing. DJ Paradigm, you listening? No. <laughs> DJ Paradigm's cool. That's just a regular little audio cable. Um, and then let's open this up. We've got, I'm still using the Tascam DR10Ls. I don't mm -hmm. know. I think everybody knows what that is. I'm trying to show the camera if you're just listening. If you're watching, you can see it. A little DR10L. Um, they still sound really good. I don't have any problems with them. Uh, of course, the microphones, the lab mics for them. This one right here, uh, the Sony TX650, which is also not focusing on that. But you get the idea. It's a little tiny pen-style uh, audio recorder. Chaz has some of these. I actually got this one from Chaz. Um, but you can just slip this on somebody's pocket. If you don't have time to mic them up with the, the DR10L, you can put it under somebody's shirt. It's just kind of an extra. If something quick is happening, you can have these on your, on your person and just pass them out, um, you know, as needed. And then I've got old faithful here. So this is back when I started weddings. Uh, this isn't what I started with, but it's what I got soon after I started because I was trying to find a small recorder that I could use. And I got this. It's a Sony uh, IC UX560, if that makes any sense. Uh, but I love this thing. It has some of the best audio quality. I don't remember how much it was. And I also like that it has the USB built right in. Like that. Um, but yeah, it's got... You can put a mic into it. Uh, but also... One thing I really like about it is you could put a lav mic in it if you wanted to, but it also accepts line level input. Um, so this is what I use. I can plug this straight in with the DJ and rock and roll right there. Um, and it gets great results, you know? You have to toy with it, get some settings right, but once they're all once they're all set up and right, it sounds really nice. I didn't know it could take line level. I didn't either until I plugged it into one. <clears throat> I was in a... I was at an outside wedding. Um, they were the couple was running late, and I was like, "I'm not gonna have time to mic up the groom because they weren't on site yet." 
Mm-hmm. And so they were coming and they were, since they were running late, they were like parking at the end of the place and walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, you know, I talked to the planner. I was like, well, there's no, there's no time to do that. And so I had a, a mic on the officiant, but there was a couple that were saying their own vows. And I was like, well, I've got to have some type of audio from that. Um, so they were going to use a, a handheld mic. And I thought, I'm just going to try it. I went over to the DJ. I was like, hey, do you got anywhere I can plug this in? He he had a, some boards don't. You know, some boards don't accept the small plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I had a, I had a cable. The It was like an XLR to one-eighth or whatever they call it. Um, 3.5. Is that what it is, 3.5? A little headphone. Point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, 3.5. Uh, I had the XLR to that, and so he allowed me to plug in. And when I plugged it in, it said, like, it came up with an option. Do you want to use line level input? What? And I was like, yes, I do. That's crazy. I know, right? Because I got one. And I you never got one knew of them that. too? Yeah. yeah, I got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found that out. I mean, I you know, I didn't know if it was going to work when I did it. But I thought, I'm going to try it. Uh, yeah, so that's my bag for everybody listening and watching. That's literally everything that's in my bag that I bring to a shoot. That's the that's the whole kit. Now this that's not let me stop lying because I didn't show anybody my batteries. I carry a whole two pockets full of batteries uh, for the GH5, the GX85. Um, I carry like six batteries for the monitor, um, and then I also have the MPF batteries. I carry all, I always carry two MPF batteries, even if I'm not using anything that shoots on MPF, mm-hmm. because I've also been in situations because a lot of gear can use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to places where somebody will need one. And I got an extra one I could loan out. As long as they mm-hmm. give it back. You don't give my stuff back. We're going to be on bad terms. You're too nice. Yeah, I am. Uh, I Even before, I've brought like spare Canon batteries and stuff in case photographers need them. Mm. Um, just because, you know, in case, I've never had anybody use a, a spare one, but that's what it is. Yeah, mm. that's everything. I also carry... Um, Depending on the wedding, I'll sometimes bring lights. Uh, I have two small like LED panels mm-hmm. um, that take the MPF batteries that I'll bring. Uh, I use them probably twenty percent of the time, and mm-hmm. it's usually on. You know, some of the some venues get a little dark, and when they're dark, and then the DJ doesn't bring any kind of lighting, that's when I can pull those out, um, if need be. Because as much as I like, you know, a dark moody look. It only gets so dark and moody before it gets un unseeable, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the micro four third sensor, uh, which you know it does. It's not as bad as everyone says. I remember before I got a micro four thirds camera, and back when I was on Sony full frame, and the FS five, everybody act like ah oh, they're just trash in low light. Well, they they are. If you're using like a kit lens, I mean you could barely use them just inside in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're using something that's you know, F2 or lower, it's fine. You can make you can make it work. Like, that's why one thing I love about these lenses is that they're the T1. Um, so they open up super wide, which uh, I think, I'm not really good at all the conversions, but I think it's the equivalent of like a F2 on a full frame, mm-hmm. which is, that's plenty, that's plenty shallow. Like, I don't need to be more shallow than that. Um, and it's letting in plenty of light. I'm really happy with them. Mm-hmm. Although, dude, I forgot to tell you, I have a problem with this camera. Um, oh. Yeah, with what's in the bag, I got I to gotta make some repairs here. 
I just went, I went to a shoot this weekend. Um, and I noticed, I don't know what happened. So it's always been fine. Never had any problems with it. But I noticed that one side of my sensor is not in focus. What? Yeah. So it's like, it's just a corner. Like it's not even a third of the, the corner here, but it's a sliver that I can tell that is not in focus. So like if I focus on something that's all in the same plane, the right corner of it or the right side of it is not in focus. Um, and then if I focus a little farther, the right side will be in focus, but the left side won't be in focus, which is very hmm. confusing. But I think I figured out what it is. So this lens is heavy, right? It's a big metal lens. And the camera has you know, seen a little bit of wear and tear. I think from how I had been storing it, which would be on its side, I think, I think gravity has pulled one of these screws loose because uh, when I was messing around, like I noticed it and I started, you know, you get a little panic. Your camera starts mm -hmm. acting weird. Uh, I started fiddling with it and I noticed it's got a little bit of play. And mm -hmm. if I push it, it goes back into focus. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking uh, from examination, I need to tighten the screws on the little mounting bracket down. Um, which I think will solve that problem. Yeah. But other than that, it's great. Love it. Why did I go with the GH5? I don't know if you were going to ask that, but I, I feel that's like what a I lot of, to come out of my mouth. I feel like a lot of people would want to know that, especially, you know, it's 2023 now. There's so many cameras out that are so good. Um, I mean, you got the Sony, the A7S3, obviously is amazing. Uh, the FX3, equally amazing. <clears throat> The FX30, even though it's APS-C, I know a lot of people hate on the smaller sensors. I don't. I think it's amazing. Um, the new Panasonic, the S5 II is amazing. The GH6 is amazing. Fuji's got good stuff going on. Canon's releasing new cameras every other weekend, um, which they look good too. I think everybody's got good stuff out. Um, the number one reason I went with this camera is the stabilization. Mm -hmm. um, the in-body stabilization is like nothing I've ever used. And I know they always rate them, you know, it'll be like five stops of stabilization or whatever. But coming from cameras that say they have five stops and then using this, well, five stops ain't five stops. Like mm -hmm. Sony's five stops is not Panasonic's five stops. Mm -hmm. It's just not the same. Um, so, yeah, this one with the stabilization and anybody who's seen my work, I like to shoot pretty tight. Um, I like to stay kind of outside of the action and shoot into the action. Um, so I use longer lenses. I don't use, like, while I do carry some wider angles, I don't use a lot of 35, 24, um, anything like that. But I like it because it's got the stabilization. It's got tripod mode where you can just hold it and it's just steady, um, which I actually had to do for uh, some vows, like, in December. This couple which I didn't know ahead of time. Good thing. I had them mic'd up for the first look. Um, they did the first look and they just started reading letters to each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, this is going to be my audio for the day. So I put it on tripod tripod mode and just stood there and recorded the whole thing. And my arms were dying. My back hurt. But I did get it. Mm -hmm. So uh, the second reason I use this camera is because I just really don't care. It works. And, you know, I'm not a gearhead. Chaz used to be a gearhead. Um, Chaz still, I think, likes gear a little more than me. A lot more than me. A little more than me. But I just, I just don't really care. I don't, I don't see upgrading anytime soon. 
Um, I've, I'm not even close to coming into an encounter where a customer would be like, wait a second, is this only 4K? Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, is this 10 bit? Like, what, you're not shooting raw? Nobody, people don't even know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Sony ZV1, I don't know, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, but back in uh, 20, beginning of 2022, it was December to January, so 2021 to 2022, uh, I was working on a national TV ad. We had already shot everything. Everything was done. And then during editing, we popped up on something that needed to be reshot. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't something that, because we had rented um, the Ursas for the main shooting. And we popped up on a reshoot. And I was like, well, I got to do something because it's on me, right? Uh, so this is back when I had my studio in, in town. I used the Sony ZV-1 to recreate the shoot in my studio, put it in pastel flying colors. No one even knew that we had to reshoot it. Hmm. So I'm just to the point where everything is so good these days, it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like if you, like, a, I mean, now camera people, you might could tell, like Chaz might can tell something that, but customers and, you know, couples for my weddings, they don't know. Right. They don't know that, you know, this Canon lens is $100 or, and I don't know what they are anymore, but they used to be like $150. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they don't know that I'm using a four and a half year old micro four thirds camera. They don't know. Right. And it still looks good. I think as long as, as you're good at storytelling and as long as, you know, you know what you're doing with the camera. It's fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. Now, there are levels, though. You know, there's a... Casey Neistat did a great episode on diminishing returns one time. Where it's like, you know, you have like a $100 camera. You can go get it like Target. Like, that's okay. They're fun. Like, you might use them for something. But if you get... If you spend like seven, dollars $800 on like one of the Rebel packages or something like that, mm-hmm. that's going to be a whole different ballpark than you know, that tiny little point and shoot. Um, and then if you go up even farther, like to, to a full frame camera. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get quite a bit more than that Canon, that little rebel package has, but it just, it starts getting less and less difference. The higher price you go, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like kind of like the Leica cameras, you know, I ain't trying to spend $8,000 on a one camera and one lens. I'm just not trying to do it. There ain't no lens, man. It's a camera body. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, just, the, I mean, you think like, is that really twice as good as the A7S III? Yeah. Like, why really, does it cost so much? I don't really think so. I mean, I know, I get why it's status, you know, status symbol. It's just like an iPhone. Um, but it's no, you know, it's just, you get to a point where, like this camera, the GH5, it's still fine. Mm-hmm. It's good enough. And if if you know what you're doing, you know, this camera isn't going to be the thing that's holding you back. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Any, what what do we got now? What, you got any questions, Chaz? What's the audience thinking about that I forgot to say? I think you hit everything, bro. I do. I also carry uh, two tripods and a monopod, um, which I guess is self-explanatory, but, you know, people might be thinking. I am handheld 99% of the day for all B-roll. Um, but, of course, you know, for ceremonies and toasts, um, or any kind of long form activities, I'm not trying to stand there and be still that long. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just crazy. 
You got a drone? Yeah, I got a drone. People didn't want to hear about my drone, man. <laughs> they want to hear about the drone, dog. Oh, because then everybody's going to look at my work different. Nah, Anytime. man. All right. We just had um, a whole spill about this. <laughs> I use, uh, I still use, and I got it when it came out, is the DJI Spark. Mm. Um, 1080p only. It's not super good quality, uh, but in my opinion, it doesn't have to be. Now, if you got some of the newer DJI stuff, it's obviously the clarity is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my style of film where I use you know film grain and all my stuff is kind of soft already, I don't use a lot of super sharp looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's right in, man, and no one, no one's none the wiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like a drone shot, especially for wedding films, um, is less about, you know, the clarity of the shot and more about the unique vantage point that yep. people don't usually get to see. Yep. Um, so I think it, it kind of just blends in and people aren't paying attention to the details of the shot so much as like, oh, wow, that's pretty from right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I think about it. Well, I see you. I'm trying well to think, spoken. is there anything else? I also use, so my safety camera is this camera here. Um, so like on a wedding day uh, or a two, like two camera shoot for an interview, I use the two cameras in my bag. Um, for a wedding day, I'll bring both the cameras in my bag. And then depending on the setup, I also bring, I get an EOS R, uh, which is what I'm using here as my webcam. Um, I'll bring the EOS R and I got like the kit lens. I got the, I got one zoom lens and then the 35 that's on it now. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll bring that as a safety camera just in case, uh, you know, if I've got space to run a third camera, I will, I'll run one straight down the aisle, mm-hmm. um, and just let it, let it roll and capture everything. Kind of just a fallback option pretty mm-hmm. much. That's it. That's what's in the bag for Aaron Atwell. There's not much, there's not much in the bag. You should see me and Chaz packing up at the same event. Let's not get started. By the time he's got the gimbal set down, my bag's already done. <laughs> but we, we kind of run two different operations. And what you'll notice, though, is that they are very compatible operations. Um, yeah. Because it's like you can slot right in with my small setup. And, you know, if I'm helping Chaz out on one of his shoots, I can hop right in and it just it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Chaz also has the ability, but you'll, you'll got to see when you get to his episode, y'all might want to cut out a, an hour at a time or more <laughs> to go through all the gear, Probably. but he also has the ability to bring various levels of gear, uh, depending on what a shoot requires. So he can bring a whole studio or he can bring a small kit as well if he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got, Chaz? Anything else I need to cover? I think that's it for today. I think it's it. And then we could talk about editing and stuff later at another episode, maybe. Because I, I had on Windows and Mac, uh, Final Cut and Resolve. Don't come at me with Premiere. I hate Premiere. It's the worst. It's Uh-oh. Just, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Negative, here come the negative Nancys. <laughs> you can come at me. Get out of 1996. Come to a new program. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Premiere is obviously. A lot of people use it. I'm sure it's great. But it's just because they don't know better yet. All right, All man, right. go ahead. Wait. Go ahead and drop that um that nugget of the day music. That. Yeah, go ahead and drop it. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Chaz, it's time. Nugget of the day. The nugget of the day, man. The nugget of the day. 
the nugget of the day, man. All right. What you got for us? All right. So uh, the last two weekends, I, I did my first um, my first wedding, wedding bridal shows, bridal shows, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was asking people, you know, their approaches and their techniques and what they do, um, you know, at these shows. And this past this past bridal show that I had uh, last Sunday, it dawned on me that um, you can either be your brand can either be a and this is no offense to any of these 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 car brands, you know. I drive a Honda faithfully. I love my Honda. <laughs> um but you can either be a Honda dealership or you can be a Bentley dealership when it comes mm. to your brand. Now when I say that um, as I sat back and I watched people, I'm very observant of, of my surroundings and of people. I could see some people, um, you know, hey, you know, it's right up in your face. Come on, how you doing? Come on over here. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but to me, my mentality was. And I've never been in a, a Bentley dealership. I don't even know if they make up if it, there's a Bentley dealership. I've been in Dubai and I don't remember seeing a Bentley dealership. But they do have luxury car spots, though. Yeah, it's luxury car dealerships. But in my in my mind, um, you don't you don't go in a Bentley dealership and they try to sell you a Bentley. You go to a Bentley dealership and you know you want a Bentley. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, treat your brand as 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 however you desire it to be. You can be the Honda and the Toyotas, you know, and 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 sell to the masses, don't matter anything, or you can be the Bentley and be very exclusive and you know, attract the quality of of couples and customers that you want you know Mm. um so you know that's just just something to think about you know which 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 dealership are you you know when it comes to your brand um i'm a bentley at the end of the day you know i'm a bentley dealership i didn't i didn't i didn't hound nobody and when people came over to me, I was like, you know what? They want a Bentley. Mm-hmm. I'm going a, I'm to a tell you what you want to hear because you came to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's see. I don't know if it was really in, in negative the day format, but that was just my takeaway from um, Sunday that, you know, kind of stuck with me. So That's a nugget of the weekend. Yeah. That's more than just that's a day all. of nuggets. That's all I got, man. It's well-spoken. Your nuggets Thank are always well spoken, but they've been especially well spoken here lately. Thank you. I think you've been practicing Thank in the mirror. Uh, yep, I have. 
<laughs> All right. Everybody, thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate you coming by for the quick episode. If you have any questions regarding the gear episode, just let us know. Um, we're both available on Instagram. You guys know where we're available. We're out here. We're easy to find if you're looking. Um, give us a comment, a rate, subscribe. You know the stuff that people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think ratings are on iTunes. I think Spotify might have them now. Um, we're doing a little bit of YouTube. Nobody's still joining the Discord. I'm still staying on it, though. need somebody to join in there to chat with me. Um, yeah, but thanks for tuning in as always. We love you guys. Uh, we appreciate all the support. And if we got nothing else, 